Hey, what's up? It's your bro, Mario Escobedo. Thanks for tuning in to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. This is episode number 19, and here's what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Do men need friends? Why are friends important? And I'm going to take you to a story in the Bible that doesn't really talk about friendship, but I think there's an important lesson, a valuable lesson that we can learn from this story about the importance of friendship. So stick around as we talk about, do men need friends? Why are friends important? All right, so before I get into the episode, let me let me just kind of, I don't know, I'm just going to talk a little bit, okay? Uh, just act like if we're having a conversation. All right, so I, if you've been listening over the past 18 episodes, you've probably noticed that things have changed from almost from one episode to the next. Sometimes, you know, I'll do several episodes that feel the same, have the same structure, and then I'll change them up. And and honestly, here's what's happening. I'm I'm I think I'm still trying to find my my voice, if you will. I think I'm still trying to find what the format is that works not so much for me, but for you, the listener. And so even even the little tagline that I use, uh, it's it's changed. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out today that's different from what I've been from what I've been sharing in the previous episodes. If you've been listening since way back, you'll know that I started off saying, "Hey, this is a Christian Bro Code podcast. Uh, it's all about adding value to your spiritual growth." And then and then I changed that recently to uh, this podcast is all about uh, helping you take a step from where you are to where God wants you to be. And all of that stuff is true. I think I still talk about that that kind of stuff, but I want to be more I don't even know what the word is, but more deliberate in trying to communicate to you, the listener, the Christian Bro Code community, what it is that is of value to you. I, I don't want to talk about things that you know I just I think are important. I just don't want to get behind a microphone and talk about stuff because I, I think it'd be fun to talk about it. I I really do want to add value to your growth. I really do want to help you take a step from where you are to where God wants you to be. But I'm, I'm toying with, with this idea about what the Christian Bro Code podcast and YouTube channel can be all about. And here's here's what I'm toying with right now. The good thing is that you're in the early episodes, so you're you're kind of you're kind of tracking along with me. You're you're going through this journey and this process with me in the early episodes of the podcast. So one day you and I were gonna look back at these first 18, 19, 20 episodes, and we're gonna say, hey, remember when you used to say this or do that? Until I really feel like I find my voice and you know, just being transparent and open with you. So here's here's what I'm thinking about. I, I'm thinking that you know, thinking about the, the value that I add to you or that I can potentially add to you as a listener of the Christian Bro Code podcast, this is what I've come up with. I really want this podcast and the YouTube channel to be something that challenges you to grow. I, I think the type of man, the type of bro who would listen to this podcast is someone who is probably not a brand new believer. Maybe, maybe some of you are. Uh, probably not an atheist, probably not someone who wants nothing to do with the church. If you're listening to the Christian Bro Code podcast, or if you're watching the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel, chances are that you're already a Christian bro. And I started thinking about this when I was just thinking about the reasons that I listen to podcasts and the reasons that I go to YouTube myself. And thinking primarily about YouTube, the reason I go to YouTube is because there's something new I want to learn about a specific topic. 
or I want to learn more about something that I already know. So for example, as I've been learning how to podcast and put together YouTube videos, if you were to go to my YouTube history right now, you would see just a, a long history, a long string of videos about how to, how to put together a YouTube video, how to make thumbnails for the YouTube videos, how to optimize your videos for so that they can be found, how to write descriptions and I mean, all that stuff because it's stuff that I need to learn or that I want to learn or that I need to learn more about. And so I, I took that. That's why I go to YouTube. That's why I listen to particular podcasts that I listen to because I want to learn something new or I want to learn more about something I already know. And I started thinking, well, if that's why I go to YouTube, there's a good chance that the bros who are listening to the Christian Bro Code podcast or going to the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel are doing it for the same reasons. They're already Christian bros, so they want to learn something new about their Christianity or about their spiritual walk or they want to learn more about something they already know. And so that that's where it, it came to me that I wanted this channel to be a channel for men, specifically Christian men, who want to be challenged to grow, because that's probably who you are. That's probably the type of person, the type of man who is listening to this kind of podcast. You want to be challenged to grow. And so in thinking about that, I started thinking about the value that I feel this podcast can add to your life. And, and here's what I think it is, just taking into account my training, my, my professional training, my experience, my education, I feel that I, I do a decent job of diving into Scripture and then explaining Scripture in a way that's beneficial to other people. So what, what I'm doing in these podcasts and in the YouTube channel is that I feel that I can share biblical principles on growth. And the, the reason that I would want to share those principles with you or the result that I would like to see happen in your life as a result of watching the YouTube videos, of listening to the podcast, is that I would love it if these biblical principles on growth would help you overcome the things that get in the way of your growth. We all face those things. We all come to those moments in our life when we want to grow, but there might be an obstacle. There might be something that's just kind of a speed bump that, that you're having trouble overcoming. And for that reason, I felt, hey, you know, I think there are so many different principles and teachings in the Bible that are there to help us overcome those obstacles or those many things that can get in the way of our growth. And so combining that with, again, my training, my education, my experience as a pastor, I felt that through this channel and through this podcast, I could share with you the bro who wants to grow. You want to be challenged to grow. I could share with you principles that could help you overcome the things that get in the way of your growth. So if, if you're ready to grow, then, then this is the podcast for you. This is a podcast that you definitely want to add to your weekly listening if you listen to other podcasts. This is one that you would want to add to your weekly listening of podcasts because you're a bro who wants to be challenged to grow, and you will encounter times when you'll hit obstacles or you'll, you'll hit a speed bump, and, and you need just someone to help you think through some things that will help you overcome those things that get in the way of your growth. And I think the Christian Bro Code podcast and YouTube channel can be that for for you, for your Christian walking, for your Christian growth. So as I'm moving forward, I'm I'm thinking about how I design the episodes of the podcast and the YouTube videos. And and I want each video and each podcast episode to be designed to coach you through biblical principles of growth so that when you understand those principles, you will be able to overcome 
the many different things that can get in the way of your growth. So again, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of experimentation taking place right now with me as I'm finding my podcasting voice and, and trying to uh, understand more clearly what it is that you, the Christian Bro Code audience, what it is that, that will help you. Because at the end of the day, really what it comes down to is, am I adding value to you? Am, am I doing something not just for the kicks, right? Not just for me, because I have fun doing this. And, and I don't want to talk about things that I feel are important just because I want to get something off my chest. I want to talk about stuff that that's going to help you as you encounter obstacles of growth, help you overcome those obstacles of growth. So bear with me. I'd love to hear any responses or comments from you. You can email me, uh, email me at mario at marioescobedo.com. I'll, I'll leave that link uh, to my email address in the show notes. Uh, just tell me how it's going. I mean, it's a small enough, a small enough audience right now that, that you can be part of the direction that this podcast takes if you just kind of let me know uh, what's worked? What's not working in the podcast? What what do you need to hear more of? Uh, all that kind of stuff, that feedback from you, the audience, the listeners would be invaluable to me so that I can continue crafting episodes and videos that would be beneficial to you and your spiritual growth. All right, so now onto, onto what I want to talk about today. Onto today's topic. Do men even need friends? Why is it important for men to have friends? And, and to explain why why I think it is obviously important, and what I think is one of the most important reasons that men need friends, I'm going to take you to a well-known story from the Bible. It's the story of Samson, and you can find the story of Samson in the book of Judges from chapters 13 through 16. Now, obviously, we're not going to look at all those chapters. There's just way too much there. You're probably somewhat familiar with the Samson story, but maybe you've never seen the story of Samson or thought of the story of Samson as offering a lesson on why men need friends. But look, listen, stick around, because as I read the Samson story, I I see that it does offer a very important lesson on the importance of friends, especially to a man. Now, it's important to understand something as we get into the Samson story. At the time of Samson's story, the nation of Israel was being oppressed by one of the enemies, the enemy nations that surrounded them, the Philistines. And so throughout his life, Samson fought the Philistines quite a bit. He was always engaging in battles and fights with the Philistines. Now, what's interesting is that before Samson was born, an angel of the Lord came to Samson's mother And uh, you should know, you probably already know that Samson's mother was sterile. She couldn't have any children. But then an angel of the Lord appeared to to this woman, and he told her that she would have a son, and this would turn out to be Samson, of course. And so miraculously, Samson was born, even from the very time of his birth, of his conception, Samson's life was already a miracle. But one of the things that this angel of the Lord told Samson's mother was this, that he would take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And when you hear that declaration from the angel of the Lord to Samson's mother, that's a clue to us as to what the the, the purpose of Samson's life would be. It it was going to be to help Israel get out from underneath this Philistine oppression. So to lead Israel out of Philistine oppression was, was Samson's purpose in life. And, and you, you probably know the story well enough to know that the thing for which Samson was most well-known was for his strength. I mean, this crazy supernatural strength that came definitely came from God. There's no question that the strength that Samson had came from God. Now, uh, some examples of Samson's strength. Uh, 
Uh, there was this one time when Samson was attacked by a lion. And the way Samson handled this attack is that <laughs> Samson tore the lion apart with his bare hands. And it's interesting what the Bible says that he tore the lion apart just like someone would tear apart a young goat. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like for someone to tear apart a young goat. Apparently, it's supposed to be pretty easy. I couldn't tell you from my experience. I have no clue. But apparently, it was easy enough for Samson to tear apart a lion just like any other bro or any other man would be able to tear apart a young goat. But regardless of what that literally means about the young goat, what, what's impressive is that Samson, even though he was attacked by a lion, was able to tear the lion apart with his bare hands. That, that's that strength in action right there. There was another time when Samson killed 1,000 Philistines all by himself. And the weapon that he used at that moment was a, a, a jawbone of a donkey that was just thrown there on the side. He picked it up, and, and with, with the jawbone of a donkey, he killed 1,000 Philistines. I mean, what, 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 I mean, just as a side note, what would it have been like to be guy number 1,000? I mean, you've seen 999 guys ahead of you get killed. Are you thinking, all right, but I'm going to be the one to take him down? I mean, even like a guy 500 or 600, I'd be like, listen, guys, this isn't going too well. Maybe we should try another strategy. Maybe we should retreat, regroup, and then reattack. But anyway, a thousand men that, that Samson killed all by himself, only using the jawbone of a donkey. There was this other time, uh, again, just talking about impressive feats of strength that Samson did, there was this other time when Samson was inside a city and the Philistines locked the gates of the city to trap him in there. Well, I mean, just like any bro, Samson didn't like being trapped in this city. And, and so the Philistines, this is what happened. The Philistines were going to wait outside of the city gates until morning when the gates would have been opened at the normal time that the gates would have been opened. And they were going to ambush him as he was coming out of the city. Well, Samson didn't like that very much. And so at midnight, Samson started going out of the city, discovered that the gates were locked. So what does he do? Well, the Bible says that he ripped, <laughs> he ripped the city gates off of their hinges. He put them on his shoulders and he carried them to the top of a hill. Now, when we're talking about city gates, we're not talking about like little doors. I mean, we're talking about cities in the ancient Near East that had massive, thick, protective walls surrounding the entire city. And, and at one point at the city in that wall, there was, there was a gate and, and it was a massive, thick, uh, almost impenetrable gate. I mean, we're not talking about a small door or we're not talking about the kind of gate, you know, for you to go into your backyard, you know, those little wooden slats. We're, we're talking about a huge, a massive, a thick gate made of wood and, and iron and meant to protect a city. Well, people would lock, or the, the city, they would lock those gates at night. And so these are the gates that Samson ripped out of their hinges hoisted them on his shoulder, and then walked up to the top of a hill. I mean, we're talking about an impressive feat of strength. And, and Samson did quite a few impressive feats of strength. He, he, did, he did a bunch of that stuff. Now, keep listening, because we're getting close to the part where I talk about the importance of friendship. I just need to explain one more thing before I do. Now, we already noticed this. Samson killed a whole lot of Philistines. He, he just did. I mean, he, he was able to defeat... A lot of Philistines. And remember, according to the angel of the Lord and the word that he gave to Samson's mother, Samson's purpose was to lead Israel out from underneath Philistine oppression. And so you look at all the Philistines that Samson defeated and you say, well, I'm okay, well, good. He's, he's fulfilling his purpose, isn't he? 
Like he, he's, he's defeating the Philistines, and that's what the angel of the Lord said he was going to do. All right, Samson's on the right track. Samson is defeating the Philistines. Samson is, is fulfilling the purpose for which he was born. You know, with all these Philistines that he's killing and, and he's defeating, it really looks as if Samson is fulfilling his purpose, right? Well, not quite. And, and here, here's why I say that. Here's why I say that, no, not quite Samson, even though he was defeating so many Philistines, here's why I think he was not fulfilling his purpose. Every time that Samson defeated the Philistines, or every time that Samson did something impressive with his strength, every time, as far as I can tell when I read the Samson story, every time he did it to deliver his own self from some kind of mess he got into with the Philistines. As you look at the story of Samson, again, as far as I can tell, there... Like, not once in all of his fights with the Philistines did Samson do something to deliver Israel from the Philistine oppression. Every time he went into battle with the Philistines and every time he defeated the Philistines, it was always because he had to deliver himself from some kind of mess that that he got himself into. I mean, just go back and read read the Samson story from Judges chapter 13 through 16, and maybe I, I missed something, maybe I didn't catch it, but as far as I can tell, every time Samson went into battle with the Philistines, it was just to deliver himself from something that he got himself into. Let, let, me, get, let me give you some, some examples. Let's go back to those same examples where I mentioned all the feats of strength that, that he did. I only mentioned three. There were some more, of course, in the life of Samson. But, but here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm talking about. Okay, so we go back to the lion that he tore apart. Impressive, right? Incredible feat of strength. Okay, great. Well, when, when Samson was attacked by the lion, he was on his way to see his girlfriend, his Philistine girlfriend in a Philistine town. And so, so the case I'm making there is that Samson would have never found himself in the position of having to tear apart a lion or being attacked by a lion if he hadn't been going down that path in the first place. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm, if, if I had been Samson, I think I might have taken that as a sign from God. Hey, don't go, <laughs> right? You're being attacked by a lion. Like, seriously, how often does that happen? I mean, it doesn't happen a whole lot now because, you know, unless you go to a zoo and you fall into the lion pit. Back then, I mean, maybe it would happen because there were more wild animals running about, but I would say that the chances were still pretty slim of being attacked by a lion. And so, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe Samson should have taken that as a sign. I don't know that it was coincidental. I don't think it was. Maybe that should have been like a... I don't know, a red flag to Samson saying, wait a minute, maybe someone or something is trying to stop me from going down with the Philistines. All that to say that when he did that, when when he freed himself from that lion and tore that lion apart, it was because he was going down to visit a Philistine girlfriend in a Philistine town. That other time that we talked about when he killed a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone, again, very impressive, right? Very impressive. But all of that was due to a whole situation, this whole fiasco, this whole thing that came up when he tried to marry a girl, a Philistine girl. I mean, there was just some some bad blood between him and the girl's family. He did this to them. They did that to them. And so it just all, this whole drama just un, unraveled. And it ended up that 
yeah, Samson killed a thousand Philistines, but if you kind of trace the line back, you see that the reason he had to kill a thousand Philistines was because he got himself into a mess with the Philistines. If he hadn't gotten himself into that mess with the Philistines, chances are that he wouldn't have had to be in that situation where he had to kill a thousand Philistines. Again, very impressive. I'm not taking that away from Samson, not at all. Very impressive. Killed a thousand Philistines. I mean, that, that that's not bad. That's impressive. But again, I'm saying that he had to do that to deliver himself from a mess that he got himself into. Right? And that, that final example that I gave you, that Samson, uh, you know, he was trapped. The Philistines had trapped him inside a city. And the way that he escaped was that he ripped off the city gates, put them on his shoulders, and took him to the top of the hill. Remember that. Now, do you know why he was in that city to begin with? Well, first of all, it was a Philistine city where Samson was, where they trapped him, trapped him, and and Samson was there. Get this, with a Philistine prostitute. So yeah, very impressive that he ripped off the city gates and he carried them and blah blah blah. But that wouldn't have happened had he not been in that city, a Philistine city to begin with, with a Philistine prostitute. Here's where I'm saying that as I look throughout the entire Samson story, I just kind of see this example after example after example that every time Samson did something to defeat the Philistines, it was always to get himself out of a mess that he got himself into with the Philistines. As far as I can tell, as I read the Samson story, there really wasn't a single time that Israel benefited from Samson defeating the Philistines. Each time that Samson did something against the Philistines, it was to save his own skin. I mean, it, it was something that he got into himself that he had to get himself out of. And so, I mean, again, I mean, those things that he did were impressive. But it stands out to me that no matter how many victories Samson had over the Philistines, Israel still remained under Philistine oppression. And you end the story of Samson, and the, the Philistines are still oppressing the people of Israel. Even though at his death, Samson killed a, an impressive amount of Philistines, you never get that concluding formula at the end of his story saying, and Israel uh, had peace, or, Israel was delivered from the oppression. And I point that out because... In just about every other story in the book of Judges where someone else leads the people of Israel against an oppressor, typically the, those stories end with, and Israel was free from their bondage, or Israel was free from their, their oppression. And at, unless I missed it, that isn't in the Samson story. In other words, Samson did all these things against the Philistines, but even at his death, after he was around, the Israelites still remained under Philistine oppression. And that's where I'm saying that nothing that he did really benefited the people of Israel. It benefited himself. He just did it to get himself out of some kind of mess that he had gotten his own self into. And, and now here's, here's where it gets important, talking about friendship, because I want you to notice something. Read through the Samson story, and you'll notice that Samson was always on his own. Samson never surrounded himself with other men. With, with other bros, with, with friends. He was always by himself. Remember that we said that his purpose was to begin to lead the people of Israel, deliver them from the Philistine oppression. Now, I don't think that meant that Samson was supposed to do it all on his own. I think it means that just like every other judge or military leader, leader in the book of Judges who delivered people from other types of oppression, they led an army. They led a group of warriors 
to deliver Israel from oppression. Samson was supposed to, at least in my opinion, Samson was supposed to have delivered the people of Israel from Philistine oppression, but not on his own. He would he was supposed to have done it by leading an army of Israelite soldiers. But Samson never surrounded himself with anybody. He was always by himself. And that's the point where I come to in this story that even though I don't think it's really the main point of the story, I don't know that this is what the story wants us to get from it. I, I, I don't think so, and I don't, I don't think that's the way it is. But I, I see this in the story of Samson, that even though it doesn't necessarily intend to teach us a lesson on friendship, it does nonetheless. Samson didn't have any friends to speak into his life and to call him out when he was heading in the wrong direction. He didn't have any friends to warn him. That time that he decided to go and get a Philistine girlfriend, no one was there. He never surrounded himself with someone or with a group of men who would have told him, don't do it, man. You're, you're go literally going into the enemy's camp. You are literally going into the camp of the, of the nation that is oppressing us. Don't do it, Samson. Now look, his parents tried to do that. His parents said, what are you doing going with the Philistines? Aren't there enough women here in Israel that you can choose from? But of course, you know how that goes. I mean, he, he wasn't going to listen to his parents, but he never surrounded himself with other men who could have spoken into his life and said, don't do it. Hey, Samson, you know that lion that attacked you? Don't you think you should kind of wake up and pay attention to that? Don't you think God might be speaking to you through that? Samson never had anybody to speak into him and call him out when he was heading in the wrong direction. He didn't have any friends to counsel him against marrying a Philistine woman like he tried to do. There was no one there to help him pray to overcome the sexual struggles that led him to go with the Philistine prostitute. And then that whole thing, we didn't even get into Delilah, but that whole thing about Delilah, I mean, there was no one there to, to help Samson see that you're falling into her trap. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, if, I, if he had had some friends and, and he would have told them, hey, you know what? Delilah asked me the weirdest question the other day. She said, what's the secret of your, of your strength? What do you think she means by that? I think if he had <laughs> told other bros about that, they would have been like, bro, run. Like, get out of there. Like, she's not asking you because she wants something good. I, I, I mean, she's not asking you for your workout routine. She's not asking you what you eat. Bro, this is a trap. Like, she's no good for you. Like, get out of there. But he didn't have anybody speak to him. So he went back and Delilah tried to do that same thing a second time. I mean, by the second time, he should have picked up on something. Of course, he was probably so madly in love that he couldn't. But had his bros been there, they probably would have told him something like, Samson, look, bro, this is a second time. And then it happened a third time. And of course, the third time he was defeated, uh, you know, that's when his defeat came. But man, I, I would have thought that if he had had some bros, some friends speaking into him, they would have said something like, dude, seriously, like, wake up. She's, she's out to get you. I mean, she's, she's playing you for a fool. But Samson never had those friends around him to hold him accountable and to speak into his life. Now, I'm sure that there were many, many reasons for Samson's failure. I don't know that we can pin it on just one specific thing, but I do think that a very specific and significant reason that Samson failed ultimately was that he never surrounded himself with friends who would hold him accountable. And, and through that accountability would be showing care for him, genuine care. 
he never surrounded himself with others. He never allowed himself to be coached, to be taught, to be held accountable. And, and here's the thing. It's no different with you and me today. We need friends. We need other bros. We need other men who are, are going to hold us accountable. Look, as grown men with grown men problems, we need other grown men who can help us overcome the many different obstacles that can get in the way of our growth. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah, your wife is great. She can help you. She can encourage you, support you, and pray for you. But there are certain things that grown men go through that are grown men problems, and we need other grown men to help us work those things out. It's no different. Look, every day, you and I, we wake up, and as soon as our feet hit the ground, we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. We are in spiritual warfare every day that we get up. At any day that you attempt to be a follower of Jesus, you are engaging in spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And, and it's foolish of you or me to think that we can engage in this battle on our own, that we can do it by ourselves. Maybe we have the Rambo mentality. Maybe we have the commando mentality that, hey, I can, I can take these all on by myself. It doesn't work that way when it comes to spiritual battle. It, it was never meant to work that way. Here's what, you, here's what you need to do. You need to surround yourself with a band of brothers. You need to surround yourself with other bros, with friends, men who are going to, you know, they're going to fight side by side with you. And they're going to fight in order to help you overcome your battles. These are the men who are going to ask you the tough questions. How's your marriage doing? How's your prayer life? Are you reading scripture? How, how's that temptation you've been, you've been dealing with? These are, these are the men that they're, they're not being nosy. They're not trying to pry into your life. They, when they ask you those tough questions, it's because they're, they're fighting. They're wanting to fight the battle with you. They're, they're trying to help you remain accountable. And in short, this is, this is what it is. We need friends. And, and here it is, one of the most, most important reasons, that, of course there are many, but one of the most important reasons that I think you and I need friends is because if you go into the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield on your own, you will be defeated. There's, there's no question in my mind, if you go into your spiritual battlefield on your own, you will be defeated. You and I have seen it probably happen more times than we would care to admit, We've seen it. Men who try to take things on by themselves, they end up being defeated. So when we come to this question, do men need friends? Absolutely, we do. Why are friends important? Because without friends, we will be defeated on the battlefield. I mean, there's just, there, there's just, there's no question. And look, as you're listening to this, don't just blow this off. Don't just say, okay, that was another episode. No, don't just blow this off because if you've been going into the battlefield all alone, just like Samson, then here's something I can guarantee you. You, you will be defeated just like Samson. Your outcome will be just like Samson's because men without friends, men who go into the battlefield, the spiritual battleground on their own, what awaits you is certain defeat. If you go into the battlefield on your own, bro, you will certainly be defeated. I, I, I see that as a huge reason that Samson ultimately ended up the way he did. There was nobody that he allowed to speak into his life and to keep him accountable. 
And so you know what? It's time to bro up. You need to do something. If you're not with a band of brothers, so to speak, if you if you haven't surrounded yourself with other men who are going to help you fight these battles, you need to do something. You need to find some men in your church so you can build friendships with them, lock arms with them, and not go all by yourself into the spiritual battlefield. I'm not saying that you have to be best friends with every man in your church. No, that's not realistic, and that's that's not good advice either. But I'm saying that there are probably two or three men who who you can count on, who, who you can trust, that you can lock arms with them. They can help you, and you can help them. And and I I think that there there should be at least one if you if you have two or three good friends that you begin to develop a a meaningful strong bro relationship with them that that there should be at least one of them who is you know again I don't know how you would measure this but a few steps ahead of you in your spiritual maturity maybe they've been they've been Christians longer than you have which isn't always a, a measure of spiritual maturity, but someone that you can gauge that, you know, they, they've got more spiritual maturity, more spiritual depth, uh, more spiritual, I don't know, accountability, I don't know what you would call it, but they, they've got that, that they can help you pull you, you know, to where to where they are. They, they were where you are now, and they can pull you to the next level. You, you need to surround yourself with those kinds of men. You need to surround yourself with other men who, who understand the struggles that you're going through, that you can, you can talk with them without fear of being judged or condemned by them. You can open up, you can be vulnerable with them. You can share, man, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with this sexual sin. I'm, you know, I, I've, been, I've been texting this woman from work or this woman I found on Facebook. We went to high school together and we've been texting back and forth and it started innocently, but now it's starting, you know, getting to flirting. You know, I, I've had conversations with, with friends, with bros, and I tell them, dude, delete that number from your phone right now and block that number because that that's just not good that you're doing that. Delete that person from your Facebook as a Facebook friend. Just do whatever you have to do. But those men have allowed me to speak into their lives. And there are men who have had to speak into my life as well. And it wouldn't have happened had we not been friends. If if you try to speak into somebody's life, or let me put it this way, if someone tries to speak into your life and there's no relationship, there's no friendship there, you're not going to listen to them. You're going to blow them off. You're going to think they're judging you and trying to be nosy. You need to establish friendships with somebody so that when that moment of spiritual crisis or spiritual battle hits your life, because it will hit your life, you will be receptive to hearing from them. You will feel confident that you can go and you can share your struggles with them without fear of condemnation or judgment, and you can be assured that they're going to help you overcome that spiritual battle. Bro, you need friends. A man needs friends. A bro needs bros. And unfortunately, I think there are a whole bunch of Samsons running around today. Men who have been able to flirt around with danger and with the spiritual battles and temptation and all that and get away with it time after time after time. But the day is going to come when that's going to get you. You're not going to be able to escape it. It's going to come back and it's going to get you just like it happened with Samson. Now, look, I'm going to end with this. Samson was so busy getting himself out of problems that he never was able to get the people of Israel out of their problems. Great. Let's say that he had several personal victories. Fantastic. But what of his purpose? Delivering the people of Israel from oppression. That never came about. So, you know, in my book, it really didn't matter how many personal victories Samson had if he didn't fulfill his purpose of helping the people of Israel 
be delivered from Philistine oppression. And, and I, I apply that to my own life. Really, does it matter how many times I've had personal victories if it's not doing anything to help my family advance? Here's what I mean. If, if all my victories are coming about simply because I just have to get myself out of some mess that I got myself into, then can I really count that as a personal victory? If I'm just constantly having to overcome the stuff that I get myself into, what does that do to my family? What does that do to my marriage, to my wife, to my kids? I'm never helping them advance because I'm too busy getting myself out of problems. And just like Samson didn't fulfill the purpose for which God had created him, created him, you run the danger of not fulfilling your purpose as a husband and as a father if you're always having to get yourself out of messes that you get yourself into, personal victories. Nothing wrong with those, but they have to advance you, mature you, grow you so that you're no longer always struggling with those things, and now you can focus your attention and your energy your energy on delivering your family from whatever spiritual oppression may be coming on their lives. Samson didn't do that. And, and if, if, if you don't allow yourself to be surrounded by other men, your fate is going to be the same as Samson's. You will be defeated on the battlefield. That's a given. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if it will happen. It's just a matter of when it will happen. You don't go into battle by, by if you go into battle by yourself, you will be defeated. But the other thing, the more tragic thing, is that your family will never advance to the things that God has for them. Does a man need friends? Absolutely. Find yourself a band of brothers. Find yourself some men that you can lock arms with them and know that they have your back when you go into spiritual battle. All right, that's it for this episode. And uh, here's, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. If, uh, if, if, this, if this helped you, give it a thumbs up, like it, share it, tell your bros about it, tell your other friends about it, let them know about this, leave some comments, go to the Facebook page, go to the YouTube channel, leave some comments, give it a thumbs up, share it with other bros, because I know that this type of information, this type of teaching can help you. I know you want to be challenged to grow, and I know that these biblical principles can help you overcome the things that can get in the way of your growth. Hey, and I've been mentioning the YouTube channel quite a bit. Uh, there is a teaching just like this one on this same topic, but a lot shorter over on the YouTube channel, the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. You can go check that out, and you can also like it, uh, share it, leave a comment, all those things. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel, all those things. Look, it, it's not really for me. I ask you to do that stuff so that you can help other bros find these teachings and help them overcome the things that may get in the way of their growth. Oh, that's, that's it for now. That's, that's all I've got for you. Go out there, find some bros, find some men who you can lock arms with them, and they're going to help you when you're in the battlefield. Do not go into the battlefield alone. Defeat awaits you if you go into the battlefield alone, but it doesn't have to be that way bro up find some other man in your church find some friends do not go into the battlefield alone or you will certainly be defeated that's it for now bro from now till the next time that i talk to you do something do something to take a step of spiritual growth overcome those obstacles that can get in the way of your growth i'll see you next time god bless bro